Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Inouye, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. Oh my word, I can't wait for you to hear this story. Just so you know, as you listen to this story that I gave to a live audience, know that new babies are a reason for celebration, yeah? There's such a great reason to celebrate. And the hours that came right after my son Andrew was born, who was my second son, were wonderful and challenging. And that's what the story's about. But Andrew was born in the car, by the way, and that's a story for another time. Perhaps you can find it on YouTube. My channel is rachelinaway.org. The title is Born in a Car. It's really worth your time. I can't tell it all on a podcast. You've got to see some of the motions. Anyway, but that's for another time. Today's story that I want to share with you, I shared with a live audience years ago. But what I want for you to do is be aware that as you're listening, be thinking about the fact that this kind of a, it's just a metaphor for life, your life and mine. And so the story talks about a lot of unknowns. Just listen in, but listen with intention to the fact that it's a metaphor for life. I will come back and give you a little bit of my thoughts about the story as soon as it's over. You know, don't sign off. I'll be right back. Okay, listen in. It's basically the thesis that I'm bringing you today is that the unknowns are the only known. Yet I am known. And that's my whole talk, so I could actually just walk off now and you guys could just discuss. But that's, that's the truth is that the unknown is the only known on Planet Mom. Yet I am known, and I want you to know that I'm here to bring you encouragement. If you feel defeated or more discouraged when you leave here today that I think I failed in doing my job, but I hope that I would encourage you as moms. I think it's interesting that Planet Mom is this place where all of a sudden we realize, whoa, we're on Planet Mom. So I want to take you back 16 and a half years. You were probably teething or whatever you were, but no, I'm kidding. But um, 16 and a half years when my son Andrew was born. So I already had little Michael. He was three, and Andrew was born in the spring. We lived in the Minneapolis area. And it's cold in Minneapolis, and it's windy, and it's always winter except for road construction, and those are the three months of a year when you get something other than that. But it was cold, and it was windy, and it was April. And Andrew was born on Easter Sunday in the car, and I can come another time and tell you all about that. But I will tell you about when I brought him home. When I brought him home, I was so excited because I had three-year-old little Michael who was so excited to have a little brother, and I had this husband who was delighted but needed to go away on a business trip. So he was gone for a week. And this is right after having a newborn. And people in his office said, no, Michael, you might not want to leave right now because Rachel just had this baby and it's probably not a good time to leave. And he said, oh, no, 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 she's already talked about it with me and it is fine. Now, you need to realize when I was about 10 years old, I was in the fifth grade learning to strum my little guitar and we sang a Helen Reddy song called I Am Woman. And it was I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar, you know. And so I kind of was indoctrinated that women can just do about anything. And it actually, one of the lines says, I am woman, I can do anything. I am invincible. I am woman. And, you know, I'm learning this as like this little kid. And that's sort of the mentality that I adopted. So I kind of went through my life like that until I landed on Planet Mom. Well, here Andrew is newborn. And he was just so, so squishy and cute and everything. And he did not know how to nurse. And so it's called a tongue sucker, and the the tongue is at the roof of their mouth instead of open so that they can nurse properly. So in the um, hospital, that was fine because there was this lactation specialist, and she came and she helped me kind of like get him to suck on my finger and then transfer him, try to get him to latch on. And and so that was an important way to help. But, you know, back when I was there, you get to stay one day. So they help you for one day, then they kick you out and you go home. (laughs) And so here I am at home, and my husband's gone, and I've got the three-year-old and the newborn baby. And this is the time where they eat it about every two and a half to three hours. So the cycle just keeps coming, right? So I feed Andrew, 
and he's crying because he's hungry. And so it's not that like sort of murmuring, it's that crying, you know, he's really screaming and squawking because he's hungry. So I try to get him to nurse, I try to get him to latch on, and he's crying and, it, and I became more tense and he's crying and he's crying and the little three-year-old is saying, mommy, what's wrong? I'm saying, oh, he's crying because he's hungry. You know, and I'm trying to get him to latch on. So finally, it takes about a half hour, 40 minutes, seriously, of this, this roundabout thing, and he, he eats and he calms down and I diaper him and I play with him and I do the whole thing and then I put him to bed. Well, you know, now by now it's only two hours left and he wakes back up again and he, and he cries and he's crying because he's hungry and he's crying and the more I try to help him the more tense I am that doesn't work very well so he's crying and three-year-old's going mommy I think he's crying because he's hungry and I said yes I know and my shoulders are raising I'm getting a little more tense can't get Andrew to latch on come on baby come on baby get him to feed <sighs> play with him he um, diaper him get him all ready look out the window blustery spring day but it's stored alike winter I see our sandbox cover <laughs> go into the neighbor's yard. And we didn't have one of those like turtle sandboxes. We had a tire that I painted white so that our little buns don't get hot in the summer. And I painted it white and I filled it with sand and the little tarp was all we had, like you'd use for camping. That blue tarp ran into the neighbor's yard. So I'm thinking, oh great, I got this baby. Put him down in the crib. You know how you gotta figure out where everybody goes because you put him down in the crib, get the slippers off, put the boots on. I got stitches down here because you know I just had a baby. Okay, so I'm just telling you, it was born in the car, kind of rips. So I'm like trying to trying to go get the cover. I'm trying to get the cover. I get the cover, I put the tarp down, I put some um, rocks around it, so that's not happening again, right? couple hours later, cycle starts over. The baby's crying, you know, he's screaming. I'm trying to get him to latch on, I'm trying to get him, I'm getting more tense, the little brother's going, mommy, I think he's crying because he's hungry. I'm like, I know he's crying because he's hungry. You know, and I'm trying, and I'm just getting more and more worked up. Okay, so I get the baby fed, he calms down. I diaper him, I play with him, I look out the front window. And it was garbage day, and I am not making this up. It was garbage day, and now the garbage is empty because the garbage men have come, and so they're vulnerable. And those garbage cans have flown down the street, and they're rolling, because we lived on a hill, they're rolling down. So I have to take off the slippers, I have to put on the boots, I have to go, remember stitches. I'm like, oh, oh, and I'm going to retrieve the garbage cans to bring them into the garage, put the garage door down, go in, you know, cycle starts over, right? And it's just, baby needs to be fed, son needs to be fed dinner, all these things happen, and then finally it's seven o'clock. Do you know what happens at seven o'clock? You're like, I'm, I'm round, do you feel that way? Like I'm round in the bed, it's seven o'clock. It's bath time, right? And so I put little Michael in the bathtub and he's splashing around, little three-year-old. I hear the baby rustling. He's gonna wake up, the cycle's gonna start over. And so I put Michael in the bathtub. I go to check on Andrew. He's not awake yet. I come back. This has never happened before. And my 19-year-old, I asked him if I could tell the story for his dignity. It's never happened since, but he pooped in the bathtub. And somebody told me they relax and it's warm water and that happens. So if it happens to you, just say planet mom and deal with it. But I'm telling you, I have a high gag reflex. And so I'm over there going, and I'm grabbing the, and I'm throwing it in the toilet. I'm flushing them. And then I'm thinking, this is not going to be good. There's no husband to call to. There's nobody here but me. And I'm going to vomit in the bed. I was just thinking, keep it together, Rachel. Keep it together. So I'm like, and I'm flushing. Then I get the bath water down. I scrub the tub. You know, not like with comet or anything, but going to get it clean, fine. And rerun the bath water. Get the little three-year-old out of the little towel. Put him into the tub. And the cycle starts over with Andrew crying. My, hand, my shoulder's raising. I'm so tense. Get the baby fed. 
it's about probably 12.30 at night. And I'm thinking, 12.30, 1.30, okay, 2-ish is when he's going to wake up again. So I just lay in the bed. Oh, it feels so good. What is going on? I am all wet. I'm lying in the bed thinking, I am all wet. What is happening? We had a water bed at the time. The water bed leaked. And I remember lying there going, Lord, I need help. I need help. You know? And I don't remember where my husband was, and I don't remember anything about it because this was before cell phones. So I couldn't just pick up and do my speed dial. I had to wreck my brain. Where is he? Where is he? Somewhere in like Miami. Where did he say he was going? And I couldn't remember. I thought and thought and thought, and I called him. And I thought, I bet you he's been sleeping for about three hours by now. And I have been you know, through this cycle. So I was like, Michael, if I'm not sleeping, you're not going to be sleeping. And I told him my woes, and he was thankfully very compassionate and wasn't upset with me, but understood that my day was very difficult. Now, on the continuum of things that can happen to you, that's sort of way over here in the little bit of extreme, I realized, but it was on that day that I no longer would have said, I am woman. I was like, help me, help me. I was in desperate need of help, and I realized I had landed on planet mom. I don't even think my first one gave me as much of a curveball. And I'm not saying that I was so much better or something. I just don't think it adjusted me as much as when the second one came. And it was like, where have I landed? So I don't know about you, but don't we all know, have you had at least a day in all of your motherhood where you knew, I have landed on planet mom? Would you raise your hand if you sort of felt like it? Yeah. You're like, OK, this is different than life before planet mom. And that's the big theme of this year. And that's the theme that everything changes, your relationship to your husband, your relationship within your own family, to the kids that came before, to the newborn if you're, it's the first one, whatever. Everything changes. Even your relationship to God can alter quite a bit on planet mom. And so I'm here to bring you encouragement that it alters and changes, but it doesn't all have to be a bad thing. Planet Mom can be a blessed and wonderful place because to be a mom is a good and wonderful thing. It really is. Now, I need you to know that on Planet Mom, there are a few things that are important to remember. And one is that the unknown is the only known, yet I am known. So I want to turn a corner for a second here and just tell you a couple of things that the Bible says about this situation. And I was looking through thinking, you know, what would I say to these ladies about when you feel like you might be alone and nobody is there to help you? Or you feel like you want to cry out like I did when the bed was all wet and, you know, oh, help me, Lord, is that God sees you all the time. It says in Psalm 139, you search me and you know me. I think that is so comf comforting. You search me and you know me. It says you know when I sit and when I rise. Now, you know, God is all-powerful and all-knowing, but he's going, Rachel, sit and she's rising. She's sitting, she's rising. She's sitting, she's rising. Because he keeps track of that all day long, and I do a lot of that. He knows when I sit and when I rise. He's familiar with all our ways. Before words on our tongue, he knows it. Before our thoughts in our head, he knows it. And that same psalm goes on to say, where can I search for you, God? Are you everywhere? Where do you see me? And it says, if I go to the top of the mountain, you are there. If I settle on the far side of the sea, you're there. If I go to the depths, you're there. And then it goes on to say, if I rise on the wings of the dawn and settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And I love that image. God is guiding you and holding you. He's upholding you with his righteous right hand. 
And I don't know about you, but when my kids were really little, I made them hold my hand in the parking lot. That was just one of my little rules. I'm not saying it's the best rule ever, but I just didn't want them darting out into traffic or in the parking lot, somebody else goes a different way. So I held them by the hand, but I didn't hold their hand like this. I held them like this. You know what I mean? Because they will let go, right? They're going to try to let go, or especially if they're sort of surly and they're in that mood where they're just, you know, they want to let go, right? But I would hold them like this. And that's the picture that God is saying. I uphold you my, by my righteous right hand. And he holds on to you. Now, I don't know about you, but I've taken my kids before and I've kind of yanked on them. I'm just being honest. You know, That's not the picture here. God isn't going like this to us. He's upholding you with his hand. And so in, on Planet Mom, when you may feel that way, know that he's holding you. There's another scripture, and it came, comes from Psalm 40, where it says, I'm in the muck and the mire. <laughs> and you reached down and you pulled me out and you set my feet on a rock. You gave me a firm place to stand. I love that picture because I don't know about you, but Planet Mom can be kind of rocky. And I don't know if you've seen any footage of like when the astronauts land on the moon, it sort of looks powdery and dusty or sometimes it looks rocky. That's sort of how Planet Mom can feel. It can feel like, I don't know, am I, am I stable? Am I safe here? But God is the one who will set your feet on a rock and give you a firm place to stand. So I know when it comes to everything changing in Planet Mom and everything changing with relationships, even your relationship with God can change. And I would just like to encourage you that he loves moms. In Psalm 40, I ran across a verse years ago when my kids were little, Isaiah 40, verse 11, and it says that he gently leads those who have young. I was so grateful that he gently leads those who have young. I know that communication is important when you're on Planet Mom, and you need to communicate with each other. You need to be together. That's the overall theme, Planet Mom, together. Well, what does together mean? Together means you need each other. Here at these tables, you need to be here when it's your week to meet because when you're missing, the group is missing out. Have you ever had that happen where you maybe have just like a little tiny paper cut on your finger? It's like the whole body is like going fingers hurting, fingers hurting, fingers hurting. Well, that's the way it is with the body. When somebody is hurting, your group will be hurting. When somebody's so elated and excited, your group should be excited. That's an important dynamic of being together. And the body works that way. In Romans it says, so in Christ, we who are many, look around this room, many people, or at your table, we who are many form one. Isn't that interesting mathematics? We who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So you do need to do life together. You need to do it together with God, and you need to do it together with each other. Let me encourage you that together means together. It doesn't mean you have to have it all together. Do you understand how freeing that is? Together means you just do it together. You don't have to have it all together. So when you don't have it all together, you're going to be tempted to not come. That's the time you should come, even if it's a bad hair day, even if every, every unknown has happened in that day. That's the day you should come because you need to be together. You don't have to have it all together. There is one who holds it all together. So just rest in that and come anyway. I would like for you to know that together is so important, and together is one of the things we have to do in life is to be together with God. I was gardening, and just so you don't think I'm so, some great gardener, um, the weeds get about as tall as I am before I realize that has to be a weed because it's not a sunflower and so it can't be, it can't be growing this big <laughs> because I'm so tentative in the spring, I don't want to pull things because I might be pulling something that's a real flower, so I don't. And then when things are about five foot like I am, I'm like, okay, that has got to be a weed. Anyway, I was out gardening 
And we had this gorgeous rock wall. The people that lived at our house before just did a great job of planting everything. So it's beautiful and it's got all these things coming out. I was clipping along the rock wall and I was wearing this earpiece because I was talking to my sister Joyce on the phone. So I was wearing this earpiece and I was doing the gardening, you know, clipping everything. And, and I was at one of these points. Now, I have, I'm from four girls and we have a really good relationship, all of us. And so we talk and so it was my turn to talk. And I know I sometimes dominate conversation. But in this point, it was my turn to talk. Yuckety, 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 yuckety. I was going on and on and on and on and on and on. And I'm clipping the flowers and I'm doing the thing. And then all of a sudden, I want Joyce's opinion on this or her perspective on this. And so I say, so Joyce, what do you think about that? Joyce, you know, I just told you this big, long story. What do you think? What should I do? What do you think I should do? Oh, well, you know, I don't remember what the situation was. And she's just not answering. And so I'm like thinking, you know, did I tick her off? Is there something I said? And all of a sudden, I go, Joyce, are you there? Okay, this is the part that connects to the phone that you're wearing on your belt, right? I have clipped the cord. I don't know how long ago she's been clipped off, but I've been yuckety, yuckety, yucking, and I have clipped the cord. And so there is no way to be communicating with her because I have severed that cord. And I need you to know on Planet Mom, that can happen easily with a lot of things. You can clip the communication cord with your husband. And you just need to be intentional about saying, honey, I'm really busy. I'm sorry about this, or I did that. And you just need to be in communication. You can clip the cord with God. And you can say, you know, God, I'm on the fly here because I'm on Planet Mom. I'm sorry, God, I really don't have any time for you. And you know what? He gently leads those who have young. So he understands. And he doesn't say, boy, you better get you know, 66 books of the whole Bible read this year. No, he just wants to spend some time with you. He gently leads those who have young. So be intentional about being together with him. And don't cut that cord. A friend of mine met me the other day at Panera, and she brought this sweet little vase with these little buds and grapevine stuff on them. And they were so cute with the little clusters. And she brought it to me, and I said, this is so lovely, Dana. I love it. And she said, yeah, I thought of you. I was on my walk. I clipped it. That'll only be good for a couple of days. And I thought, that's true, because it's been clipped from the source. It's been clipped from the vine. And it's only going to last a little while. You know how we try to do that? You know, I'm not going to necessarily pay attention to God, or I'm not really going to be in community with other people. God, I'm just trying to do this thing on my own. Yeah, we can do it for a little while, but we will wither when we're cut from the vine. It says, apart from me, you can do nothing. But through me, you can do all things. So just keep connected. So on Planet Mom, you do need to be together. You don't have to have it all together. And on Planet Mom, the unknown is the only known. Yet we're known. Doesn't that just blow you away? He knows where you sit and when you rise. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel in a way, subscribe, rate, and review it. I appreciate your support. All right, back to The Real Deal. Okay, so, so I just want you to know, nothing that I shared was made up. That is all what happened in one day. And ironically, I went and told that story recently to a group of young moms. And what was funny is that evening I went to Bible study and I had a glass of water in a sealed cup, but with a straw. And um, it was in my bag upright. I made sure that it was standing upright. When I got to church, my Bible, my book, my Bible study bag had literally about three inches of water on it. All of my books are all now crinkled and wrinkled and warped. And then that wasn't the only thing. I got upstairs and the unknown was there was no electricity. All of the classrooms that I was supposed to be in and all of the ones on my side of the building were off. So I thought it was early. It wasn't early. We ended up having to go to a different room. 
And then one of the gals that's never or rarely in our study came that day. And so it was like the day that I talked about just dealing with all the unknowns, I had a lot of them happen within like a five minute period. So what I want for you to know is maybe your life doesn't include something like the sandbox cover blowing off or a point of pain where you have stitches from birth and then you've got to go get your ditch your slippers and get your boots on. And maybe it's not that a garbage can throws blows away or the saga of the bath time when I was thought I was going to throw up and gag or even the waterbed. <laughs> But I want you to know, that series of events caused me to finally realize, you know, I think we all need help. We just need help. Independence is just the water that we swim in. It's like we're told that we have to be so independent. I am woman. And I want you to know, I really believe in powerful women. I I love powerful women. But to the point where we're not all powerful. And I believe God wants us to have dependence. He wants to walk with us. He wants us to lean into him. It's just beautiful to think that God uses kingdom language because, yes, he's king. He's king, and we're his royal priests, a holy nation, people belonging to God. But he also uses relational language. He calls himself Father God. And so we can be sons and daughters. And, you know, we need a father We need help. I mean, I hope I'm not the only one. We need help. We need assistance. We need guidance. We need wisdom. And the Holy Spirit introduces himself as comforter. Yeah, comforter. And friend. And counselor. I mean, I don't know about you, but I need that in my life. And so... Like I said, maybe it's a silly illustration, but I think it's a metaphor for life. A metaphor for life as you listen in to all those things that were happening to me when I said the unknown is the only known, yet I'm known. It's just the truth. So I could ask you, what are the unknowns in your life right now? And you're, you'd be like, well, that's a silly question. That's the nature. They're unknown, Rachel. And you won't know the unknowns, but you will know that they're coming. And so we don't know what they are, that's for sure. But we do know they're coming. And then we know that in the midst of all the unknowns that can hit us, come at us, points of pain, points of being blown over, or maybe even feeling like it's a tidal wave that's come over us. Dear listener, rest in the fact that you are known. You are known. I want to read from Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. I want you to know that you have a God who pulls you out of a slimy pit and he sets your feet on a rock. Not just so that you're secure, although that is one of the reasons, but that you would be able to sing a new song, a hymn of praise to God that many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. That's really important. And I I truly don't want to be silly or maybe you're facing something really hard, a diagnosis, a a job loss, or maybe your own body has been hurt. I, I don't know. I don't know what you're facing. But I do believe that God's word and his character are what we can rely on. 
I want to just close with this 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10. I'm reading from the New International Version. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our bodies the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies. So know that what you're going through and the unknowns are the only known, yet you're known. And so may you be encouraged today. You know, that's really the reason I'm on the planet is to encourage people. I just want you to know that God is for you. He's not against you. You may be pressed, but you're not crushed. And no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. It may be formed. Know that. It may be formed, but it will not prosper. And so you can go forward knowing that God is a God of all hope. So as you sit today, maybe you're on the treadmill. Maybe you're gardening. Well, maybe it's too early for gardening. I don't know when this for sure will air. Maybe you're in your car. It's early morning commute for you. Maybe you're cooking dinner. But right now, I want you to be encouraged because the God of all hope will fill you with joy and peace in believing so that you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you're feeling hopeless today, know that the thoughts that are coming to you are not from God. They are not from God because God is the God of all hope. And any thought that does not have hope in it is not attached to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, our Father God. So be encouraged today. I hope that you're doing well. May I pray for you? Father God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for this time to just, (laughs) I thank you that you brought me through that day, Lord, and that I get to share that day with others because to me it's funny, but it also is proof that, you know, I made it through. I've made it through other days, Lord, and I just impart that endurance that you've given me for hard things in my life. When I've endured them, God, I just give that away to anybody that's having a difficult time, even today, God. I just impart the ability to endure and not to just endure, but to actually have hope and joy and peace. So wherever there is anxiety right now, God, I just release peace in the name of Jesus. And Father, if somebody's struck with fear, I just release the love of the Father over them right now. May you know how loved you are. Because perfect love casts out fear. So thank you, God, that you promised to guide us. Thank you, God, that you say that you are with us and that we don't have to know everything because you know it all. You're all knowing, all seeing. You're good. You're God. I just bless them, Lord. I bless them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, body, soul, mind, and spirit. I just pray that they'd be blessed, that you'd be the shield around them, God, and the lifter of their head, that they'd see your smile upon them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Bless each one of these listeners. May they have a great day. May they rest in peace tonight as they lie down. May they lie down in Sleep in peace, not in pieces, for you're the God that makes them dwell in safety. Thanks, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to The Real Deal with me, Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace. 